0: Which I don't see happening. um, You'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over forty percent off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a Headgum podcast.
1: Fake the Nation, episode 358.
0: Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we watch the debt ceiling debacle from the sidelines, munching on popcorn, because there's not much else to do at this point. I mean, I'm your host, Nikki Parsad, and we're not going to talk about the endless will-they-won't-they drama between Biden and Kevin McCarthy, because at this point, we just need to be able to say they did it, no issues, (laughs) and global catastrophe averted. So instead, today we're going to talk about a new version of The Bachelor aimed at Boomers. So excited for this. We'll also talk about creating a utopia for renters. Oh my god, today's panel! So exciting. Um, Okay, they're both first-timers, but don't worry. They're both incredibly seasoned talkers, um, gab-doers. And it's so exciting to have them both here. Um, joining me from the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me universe. I love doing shows with this guy. We just did one last week. We were in Chicago, now we're in New York. What are we, globetrotters? Get out of here. Um, And uh, he's just so fucking funny. He's also going to be at Maguire's um, in in Bohemia in upstate New York this weekend on Saturday. Friday. Um, On Friday, sorry, on Friday. (laughs) On Friday at Maguire's in Bohemia. Um, And you should absolutely check him out because seeing this man perform live is just so fucking fun he is the one <laughs> oh. and only adam Burr. oh
2: thank you so much thank you for having me that was the sweetest can i just leave now because i feel like it's not gonna get me <laughs> better now.
0: and it's all downhill from here <laughs> we're also join um oh this man first of all is just one of these i don't know uh podcast gurus he's a he's just you've heard his voice everywhere he is just one of the most excellent um uh talkers in the medium um he's a comedian he's host of the high and mighty podcast which i've had the pleasure of being on so wonderful And, um, which is also in the HeadGum family. He's also in the HeadGum family doing this genius chatter um, in the same podcasting family. I mean, I feel so lucky to have the one and only John Gabris.
1: Hi, I'm a gab doer right here. (laughs) A gab doer. I'm going to do some gabs (laughs) with y'all.
0: Now, before we get into the show, I just want to remind listeners that they can support the show by going to patreon.com slash naginfarsad for as little as $4 a month. You can support the show and get bonus episodes of the show which is a real great perk um maybe maybe in the last uh nine weeks you've been also enjoying the succession um recap pod that's been on the feed you've been getting a couple of podcasts maybe it's time for you to go to patreon.com slash nikita farsad and support the show in other days in other ways and for as little as one dollar a month you could just support the show and get nothing for it except for the like warm feeling of supporting the show. Um, but but there's so many different tiers and a bunch of different extra bonus stuff that you get. So go to patreon.com slash Nikki and I'm deeply grateful for all the Fake Nation listeners who have already done so. Um, now, let us get into it with topic number one. Okay, that's right. There is a new version of The Bachelor and this is the most riveting of them all. It is a version of The Bachelor aimed at boomers called The Golden Bachelor. It'll feature a bachelor and a group of women older than sixty who are looking for love. Um, Adam Burke, let's start with you. What do you think of this incredible development? <laughs> well, as
2: long as they do it right, you know, as long as they're not mean about it, as long you know, as long as the rose is still a fresh rose, you know, the, whole, the <laughs> one that's got like four petals left or something. I, I can't. I can't wait for Fox to uh, respond with their version of it uh, called the mistress, where it's still a 60 year old guy, but you know. (laughs) But the thing is with the mistress is appreciate discretion. So if you audition for the mistress, you're automatically disqualified.
0: Yes, so as long as they do it nice, you say, (laughs) Adam. Um, Gabrus, where are you uh, on this leading question, phenomenal? Movement in television history. I'm not a big fan
1: of uh, the Bachelor or Bachelorette series because awkward kissing really upsets me. So, and the, <laughs> the show show features an abundance of that. I feel calling it the golden bachelor might get people who are into piss play, uh, but that's good. Cast a <laughs> wide net, you know, uh, like a big tent. We all allow people in there. I, I like it personally. I-, I would be down to be on a show where all the women were 60 plus and I was the bachelor. I mean, I don't think my wife would be happy with that,
0: <laughs> but I-, I like that
1: dynamic. You know, I- I- I'm i the- from the generation of milf porn. Like, uh, you know, <laughs>
0: And you never shook it. No, I still <laughs> got it, baby. De- <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> the
2: Golden Bachelor definitely sounds like it should be on streaming.
0: <laughs> hey, um, uh, I. So here's my question. I I was wondering if they were gonna have a hard time casting this because, like, if you think about like our parents or whatever, or like the pe- the uh, the the demographic, the pool that they're casting from, or maybe a little people a little slightly younger than our parents. um... I guess, wouldn't it be surprising that, like, they would do a reality TV show? Or is it that they've been around, they've, like, adulted enough years with reality TV? I mean, you think about, like, I don't know, Survivor or whatever probably came out in, what, 1999 or something? I don't know. Um, So maybe they've been around enough so that it's not, like, weird anymore for their age group? Like, do you think it would be hard to cast this
2: this version is going to be called survivor but only because these women have already buried (laughs) three husbands
1: Well, I'm curious because such a part of it is getting the contestants kind of loose and getting them to be out of their comfort zone. But I don't think you really want to be around like 60-somethings that are getting drunk. That's when you find out like, you know, and Target's selling bikini bottoms for boys or whatever. And you're just like, you don't want to get weighed into like drunk uncle territory with some of these. Right, 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 you know. right, right,
0: right. Are yeah. you
2: saying that the rosé and neck brace budget on this is going to be through the roof? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but also, you know, there's going to be those moments where they're like, I uh, I was at a store and this Oriental man or something like they're going <laughs> to yeah, say yeah. stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And you're going to just like, oh, like it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Although then there's the the version that's just like a bunch of Helen Mirren's who are just like somehow utter perfection. Whoa. How did you figure um, you out know. my
1: uh, search terms over here, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> what
2: is what is a the collective noun for a bunch of Helen mirrors? Is it is it an award? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, an award or a murder <laughs> of Helen Mirren. A murder
2: um, of Mirren's. I like that.
0: But uh, the so here's the interesting thing 40% of the Bachelor audience is already older than 55. Wow. So the yeah, didn't know that. The median age for an ABC viewer is a little over 61. Um, I think part of that is. I don't even know how real like those numbers are because a lot of the ABC programming ends up on a streaming service where the median age is probably different. Mm. But um, nevertheless, uh, there is something about like making something for your audience. And I wonder, like, are you the kinds of dudes that also ran out to watch like 80 for Brady? Like, where (laughs) are you guys in the boomer, um, you know, uh, entertainment?
1: I watch a lot of dad TV, you know, like scripted television made for dads like Jack Reacher and Bosch and like a lot of like (laughs) old man solving problems. Mayor of Kingstown. Yes. I, I watch a lot of that stuff. But this I'm not like an 80 for Brady head. I'm not like, oh, look who's back. This actor I loved back in the day for me. I, I will watch this in clip form for sure. Uh, I'm cu- I, I'm curious, <laughs> but like arms length curious. I'm right, not, not DVRing. No, curious. I'm not ABC uh, day and date live plus three or whatever. No, I, I'm, I'm
0: out. Bust out the guac, um. Adam, are you standing in line to watch the new book club movie, or where are you at? <laughs> Am
2: I? <laughs> those those got those queens back together. Um. I will say, just to a point you made earlier, I think it's surprising you think that the women are going to be the hard part to cast. They have to find a 60-year-old man who's willing to date his own age. Right, yeah.
1: Who's also rich. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs>
2: like, where is this unicorn? The,
1: the producers luckily have a stack of 60-year-old men from previous uh, seasons that were like, I'd marry a 24-year-old cocktail waitress. It's like, okay, all right,
0: pal. <laughs> right. Um, well, and the funny thing is, like, you know, I, we are obviously doing a Succession recap pod. And one of the, fir- <laughs> the first things that I remember thinking in episode one, season one of Succession, so I'm not giving anything away, is that he was dating, that he was married to a woman that was like kind of age appropriate. Mm. Like she's younger than him, but like still like they looked normal together. And I remember feeling like that's so shocking, you know? <laughs> um, So it is like deeply shocking. And I think the other thing is, um, you know, I remember a friend of mine's m- mother ended up, uh, you know, she had got it, had a divorce, da, da, da. but later in life at like 65, she went to a high school reunion and ran into a guy that she, that they had like a crush on each other in high school and they ended up getting married. I think there is something about your golden years being with someone who can make the same uh, Buddy Holly references That you can You know what I mean And I think that the Oh go- that'll
1: be the day <laughs> I was thinking the Weezer song I started to feel really old I was like shit <laughs> I am on the other side of 40 aren't I <laughs> I must find uh, someone you- Who knows who the Stone Temple Pilots are <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're right here Gabrus We're sitting right oh, here Oh god
2: Isn't the cool thing about this gonna be though like these, a lot of these women are going to be like well, well-to-do in their own right, because that's oh, the whole yeah. thing. The whole thing about the Bachelor and Bachelorette is you need some, you know, empty heads to turn. But these are going to be like six. These are going to women who own like candle empires. You know what I mean? Right, and they're right. not going to not going to give a shit about
1: this guy's like yeah twelve auto body <laughs> shops that he has. It's always like because the profession of the women on the Bachelor is always like. What can we say without trying to say aspiring model? It's always like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah, always yeah, like aspiring yeah. bachelor yeah. Uh, uh, yeah exactly it's always like cocktail <laughs> delivery assistant and, and like uh, d de- uh, you know like high end DJ like the words they use but now we're getting <laughs> right, now we're getting the right. sixty year olds who might not be wowed by bullshit either which is kind of thrilling <laughs> right. oh
0: that would be amazing if they're not wowed by bullshit because here's what I have to say about this, a a particular demographic of um Lorette who I grew up with in Yale, Palm Springs, California. Not to brag, I do have a little bit more experience with senior citizens than <laughs> either of you. But having grown up just utterly surrounded by senior citizens, um, there's like a, a bre- <laughs> there's like a particular type of one. I'm sure she will be represented on this show that has been married very many times. Right. Inexplic I first of all, for me to find the one husband I landed on. That took forever. I have always been so impressed, I gotta say, with people who could then make that decision multiple times. I've never understood it because it was so hard for me to make it just the one time so far. Uh, I mean, so this is the one time. And um, so, but there is a woman and she, you know, and then the other thing about the the ones in Palm Springs, the, the, the murder of Mirrens in Palm Springs is that they are... Um, you know, they're very, they're like very stylish. There's some there's some sequins, you know what I mean? Uh, there's some glitter. There's just like a zest for life. Uh, there's cocktails in the afternoon. But there's just a lot of ex-husbands. Um, <laughs> and in a lot of husbands, hairspray. Right? Husbands
2: that have... that. They- Disappeared under mysterious circumstances.
0: <laughs> like,
2: hu- husbands that mixed up their medications, quote unquote.
0: Oh Jesus! Now we're going into ba- the go- the b- Golden Bachelor is going to be a true crime series. Hus-
1: husbands who fell mouth first onto a pistol. <laughs> i'm really looking
2: forward to that like that lower third Chiron on this show you know like bernadette 65 not swayed by bullshit acquitted on all charges
0: (laughs) all right folks let me know what do you think about the golden bachelor are we all setting our dvrs slash VHS machines um to record this show uh i'm sure it'll stream on wherever that happens also this show's gonna have
2: very uh, explicit instructions on how to record it (laughs) (laughs) mom mom just hold the red button just hold it wait
0: oh god (laughs) um all right, folks. I want to hear from you. What do you think of this show? I'm so excited. Actually, this is. I I I think I'm going to go beyond Gaberson and say this is going to be a show that I watch beyond clips. Whoa. Like I might actually consume a full episode because I'm so now, so fascinated. Is it?
1: I'm sorry. Is it? Is it? It's a bachelor, right? It's not a. Is it a male bachelor and a bunch of courting uh, women? Or
0: what did I say? No, I I, I, I. I. Uh. Yeah, it is a bachelor surrounded by hot ladies. I will
1: probably watch the first episode uh, in just a you know, heterosexual through the lens of a heterosexual eye, <laughs> oh, no, Of course. Just of course, to see course, who, course. who I want to win.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and not
2: to be a stickler is this dude gonna be a bachelor or is he the divorcee? Oh. That's different.
0: That's- oh. That's a completely different proposition. Is he never married, never married? Never married Tim Scott, or is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah now, or is he a divorcee? Which I'm gonna guess he's a divorcee. I'm gonna put my money down on divorcee. Is right he now. old that's enough a to
1: title. be? A, is he old enough to be a confirmed bachelor and be like just cut, like <laughs> just doing this for like the for the lols for the for the <laughs> right
0: right no exactly all right folks we have to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors but when we get back we'll continue our gab. (laughs) Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you. With a click of a button, it's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake (sighs) the (sighs) nation, you guys. And we're ready with topic number two. Now, we weren't going to talk about this. I'm just dropping this on you guys um, raw, uh, (laughs) which is that, which is I mentioned Tim Scott in the previous segment. What a a, a little nugget I dropped right there. He did, in fact, um, announce his candidacy for uh, the presidential um, Republican primary Uh, He is joining a very crowded field with people like Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswaram, um, already in the race. Uh, So Tim Scott has announced, and Ron DeSantis, we're taping on a Wednesday, Ron DeSantis is going to be doing a Twitter Spaces announcement where he's interviewed by someone on the Elon Musk team, and maybe a little Elon Musk, where he announces on Twitter... That he's running for president today. Uh, that's happening later in the day. So we, ha- we haven't seen that yet. But I just wanted to get your first blush reactions to these um, presidential runs.
1: I think it's weird enough that in there's a TV show about an old bachelor, no less a p- person running for president who's an old bachelor. Yeah.
0: It's I that's the craziest thing about Tim Scott, right? I mean, it's like oddly the craziest thing about Tim Scott is that he's a very handsome uh bachelor. He's also beloved. I mean, kind of across the aisle. Like he's a nice man. Uh he's also the second candidate out of South Carolina. That I also think is weird. <laughs> You know, Nikki Haley's also from South Carolina. If he's a
1: religious guy and he's never been married, he could be our first virgin president. (laughs) Um,
0: I cannot, uh, I can't cite where I heard this, but he did lose his virginity, I think, when he was like, Forty-six.
1: Oh, all right. Good for not, him. Uh, he,
0: uh, don't quote me, folks. Go look this up. But I think that's true. Um, Adam, that's what funny. do you have to say about his virginity?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of information you glean from a bathroom wall. Yeah. Right. No, exactly.
0: It's not. Yeah. Do not quote me on this. But I think that that might be true. Um, Adam, what do, what do you think of these new entrants to the race?
2: I know nothing about Tim Scott. I'm going to be honest. Um, but if he's but that's if he's beloved across the aisle, that's probably why.
0: Yeah, no, no, he's not. I mean, I would yeah. say he's. It means the I, I mean, Republicans won't. You know, won't he tried to from. do some. It, it, <laughs> right. I mean, he's uh, and he's also running on a very like faithy faith thing. It <laughs> sounds a lot like compassionate conservatism, if we all remember those days. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, the oh, George W. That.
0: like compassionate conservative and like nice and like someone you'd want to have a beer with and like affable, but maybe starts a <laughs> war.
1: Well my question is does DeSantis know who votes Republican? Like I tell you my aunts and uncles are not going to be waiting in the Twitter spaces to hear like <laughs> no, if DeSantis I'm is like, running for president. Like I don't He
0: should be announcing on The Golden Bachelor. Yeah, he should. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is such a weird I I agree. I mean, or is this a way for him to get the sort of like libertarian techie people.
1: Oh, I appreciate you saying libertarian techie people and not crypto fascists who are also <laughs> Oh, yeah, be like, which is,
0: which is yeah. Um, the, Wait, less, those, the less kind term. Are those yeah.
1: fascists that have crypto? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think it means Bigfoot, but I'm not sure if I used it correctly. <laughs> that, that might be cryptids.
0: By the way, we had on Felix Salmon of Axios a couple weeks ago, and I sort of was like, "So is is crypto over?" And like, I couldn't get a real answer from him. But I, I, uh, I just want to say that we, I guess, still don't know. So, anyways, crypto. Well, I think whoever
1: needed to made all their money that they had to on crypto, and whoever was the (laughs) whoever had sucker on their head got lost all their money in crypto, and now it's and then. What's next? Now it's a,
0: like a religion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um so sorry, you were gonna say uh but Ron, I mean, the crazy thing about Ron DeSantis is, is like he's had you know, and now he's being sued by Disney. I mean, the man has been in a really like up uh roller coaster ride uh with his own choices. Um and I <laughs> and I
2: think You, you sound know. you sound like the most delicate person uh as they're getting brought into like <laughs> <laughs> I know, like in, into a, a medical facility, like a me- yeah. mental health facility. But like,
0: you've been on a real roller coaster ride
2: with your own choices, and uh, now you—you you, you well, can't I mean, leave that. Adam, house. you've
0: been—you've been vaguely following DeSantis's yeah. thingies. Um, the best
2: way to follow him.
0: It, do you feel like his candidacy is kind of like over before it began?
2: Um, he's got it, it, It's. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a uh, comedian analogy. Please, he's someone who. Is only been playing at his home club. Um, he's yep. like... And he's, oh, he, kills God, he's he, he kills in Florida. He, he yeah. crushes in Florida. Crushes in Florida. And now he has to take it on the road and he's going to find that, man, some of those out-of-town gigs are rough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and folks, our audience has listened to enough of you comedian fuckers uh, to understand that analogy, but absolutely, that's so right. Like, whatever he's... And it is... A bitter, you know, you guys know as comedians, the first time you go to somewhere else and realize th- what has been happening of the, uh, the material that you developed in your own club is not does not travel necessarily right. it, it doesn't um, travel t- it
1: doesn't travel to uh streets or even an avenue yeah. like like it, you right. could br- <laughs> bring some shit to UCB that kills but god help <laughs> you that shit might not work at the cellar like yeah, oh, right. yeah
0: absolutely and it's such a and it's such a bitter learning lesson when <laughs> yeah. you're young and it's so, it's really hard to learn and it's so funny that that Ron DeSantis in, in his 40s or whatever he is, is like learning this hilarious lesson that open micers figure out when they're 22. And it's
2: so funny to see politicians do the same tricks that comedians do. We can say they go, hey,
1: what's what's the name of a big college around here I can reference in this? <laughs> oh, side? yeah. What's can it? I get a copy of the college <laughs> newspaper so I can riff on some well, headlines? What's the, what's the uh,
0: <laughs> famous sandwich shop in yeah. town? Uh, Who's uh, the local weather town? guy yeah.
2: <laughs> that everybody hates? <laughs> Let me throw that in.
0: The other crazy
1: thing about DeSantis is he's not equipped in the same skill set as Trump, but he's trying the Trump route, like the demagogue yeah. yeah. route. And Trump rolled in with like 95 percent name recognition amongst older people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, DeSantis is coming from his troll shit is not going to work the same way. I can't believe I'm about to say this phrase.
0: Oh God. But he's what? not
1: as charming as Donald ah! Trump. Oh God, kill me. But
0: uh, I know I've... that but what what a bar. Yeah. Where is charming? Where is it even? It like I know because that is absolutely I agree with you. He's he is an God help me I don't mean to be too mean here He's downright unpleasant
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> Wow are, are you at Are you at my family's Dinner table Trying to make conversation here? <laughs> You sound like You sound like You're trying to wade through Uncle Jimmy's uh, uh, New political
0: beliefs <laughs> I just like I just have a hard, Even when I'm talking About monsters I have a hard time Saying monstrous things About them um, Well folks uh, We're going to move on From that But I did want to get A quick beat From these guys About those new entrants To the presidential uh let me know what you think. But what we really wanted to talk about in this topic number two was um, this crazy phenomenon. We read a piece in the Times called Imagine a Renter's Utopia by Francesca Mari, and it was really long, and it was a little academic, but it was so good. Because rent is an ongoing touchpoint of American misery, um, especially big city misery here in the United States and, and and also globally. It's not just here, it's urban centers all over the place. Um, I remember going back, I, I lived in Paris for some time. It's something that comes up occasionally on the show. And I, think, I, I rem- think
1: we've only talked for like maybe 90 minutes on my podcast and it came up. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I can prove that. Did listeners. she bring her beret? <laughs>
0: Was I munching on a baguette? (laughs) Um, And I remember like, you know, when I when you know, when I lived in Paris, I lived at at a very reasonable rent and I was making a living wage or whatever and all this stuff was great. And then I go back like literally five years later and like all of the rents that I were double, triple, like it was crazy different um, uh, what, what it looked like because it's like as these cities become global cities, like the thing just changes, you know? Um... But apparently, there is a renter's utopia and it is in Vienna. Now, before we get into what Vienna is doing, the three of us live in three of the biggest cities in America New York City, Chicago, and Los Angeles. So, first, um, Gabrus, tell me, what is your relationship with rent? Like, how often is it making you um, grind your teeth? Uh, Where are we with it emotionally?
1: I would say every 28 to 31 days, it stresses me out. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. And, like, I I happened to land a rent-controlled apartment 10 years ago, which means I'm 41. And on television, and live in a fucking nine hundred square foot apartment in Los Angeles because I can't afford forever. anything else. And yeah,
0: yeah, and, and you and forever you have to do live there. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all right,
1: I guess I'm just never gonna have a dishwasher. Like that's just something I am. <laughs> I'm gonna hand wash dishes into my fifties. Uh, but <laughs> the other thing is, you know, you hear a lot of people who live in uh, major cities, uh, asshole people, complaining about immigrant influx and like people moving. Fuck all. Bring whoever you want to ev- any city. Stop bringing big money investors who just buy fucking shit. I have. I live in West Hollywood, which is a pretty uh, pricey neighborhood. Yeah. And I would say within walking distance, like within a half mile of my house, there are twenty to forty f- three plus million dollar houses that seem empty all year round, and they are built in such an insane way that it's so clearly just to maximize square footage. It goes from wa- uh pl- property line to property line. Now, would you pay right. 4 million dollars for a house that had no yard whatsoever and like <laughs> you were a towering brutalist monolith in the middle of like a cute oh. cozy little neighborhood? No, that's crazy. Who would live there? No one lives there. There's, like, four G-wagons parked in the driveway. These are all, they all feel like tax havens (laughs) for, like, the the nephew of a czar or something like that. Like, there's just huge (laughs) houses being, and driving up the rates for everyone. And then all the, like, the little slumlords who are around here, because there's, like, a little bit of uh, mixed-use housing. All the slumlords are like, well, this motherfucker's getting, you know, 10 grand a square foot over there. I think I can juice up rent over here on my, and it's killing the middle class it's there's if you don't already own if you owned a home 10 years ago in LA you're just rich for keeping holding on to it for ten years. If you didn't own a home ten years ago, you are just boxed out of owning a home forever. It feels like
2: all the landlords in L.A. are John Houston's character in Chinatown.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, Adam, you're in Chicago. Tell me what your relationship is to rent.
2: So a lot of so a lot of the, uh, the things that Gabrus is talking about like really hit home because the, when. Oh, by the way, I hate to break it to you. I, we just got a dishwasher, so uh, oh, <laughs> uh, fuck
0: Gabriel. you! I'm out. Slap in the face! <laughs> Slap in the face! A uh, rent went
2: by. A uh, rent went up by fifty bucks, and we were like. Give us some of that sweet, sweet automation. Um, no, I, I, the thing that happened, especially during like the pandemic, there was kind of this thing of like you know all landlords are bastards, or like you know you know death to landlords, and like every landlord I've ever had in Chicago has either been like an old Ukrainian woman or like a delightful gay couple. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like you, these aren't the people you mean. Stop you mean the
0: bragging, pe- literally, Adam. My God, we get it.
2: Well, you mean the people that Gabrus are talking about, the people who built who who. Built Build for prof p- for pure profit. Like there's there's a developer in Chicago who like would literally run down neighborhoods, and um, so he could put in so he could sell the entire block to Target. Like that is those are the bad actors. Those are the yeah. people that are screwing up. And that's like and that's what we're talking about. And it's like the places you the charm that you think a city has is being knocked down and replaced right? at a rate at a rate of knots. Uh, by people who don't really want the charm when it, it turns out because the charm is leaky faucets and kind of bad insulation <laughs> yeah. and it's which do you want
1: i and that you you stumbled upon something too man like the when everyone's like landlords suck they don't mean like the people who like rent out their back house for slightly more than you know <laughs> at, like right. if the Ukrainian woman is keeping the fucking lights on and keeping her prescriptions coming in the gay couple is picking up <laughs> it's it's the people who build their own financial survivability on the backs of other people like if if right if all you do for a living is give me a place to live That And that feels fucked up because then you're going to ratchet (laughs) up pricing constantly for yourself. And then,
0: Gabrus, this is not just a feeling you're having. Uh, According to the article, the growth of asset values has outstripped returns on labor for four decades. It is literally because they can make more money on the value of this, these assets than they can from labor. Um, a McKinsey report found that a majority of those assets, 68% is real estate. So 68% of that, what they're talking about is real estate. And last year, this I fucking thought was crazy, one in four home sales was to someone who had no intention of living in it. That's goes the fucking to, problem. Yes, that should be tax- goes to the, and that's all over New York City as well um if you already uh, sorry let me tell if you already have a sorry if you already have a
1: residence you should have to pay an inordinate tax on more residences you should (laughs) like if you're like i need a third home and it's like fine if you could afford a third home you could afford (laughs) to get bent over by the irs like yeah 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 (laughs) so that
0: better shit and in and in fact our Current p- home policy favors home ownership so much, and it favors investment, you know, so much that that you get many kinds of benefits from doing it, and that's that's the problem. Renters get no benefit from financial benefit from renting, and owners get every financial benefit. You so, get a free,
2: t- get a top hat, a monocle, and some really shiny boots to put on.
0: And, the they and and built a, a ca-
2: hotel on
0: my and house, and a cat <laughs> that you get to you get to pet. In, in, yes. Wait. Um, uh, I'm in. A spe-
1: I got a specific situation here too. I live in a I live in a ten unit building that is kind of slum, you know, lightly like built in the '70s, piece of shit, uh, and everyone classic like L.A. apartment, ten units. I live in one of the two bedroom units, but I've been living here for eleven years, so my rent is actually lower than some of the one bedroom units that have been f- like that have had several residents come through. So there's one bedroom units in my building going for more than our two bedroom unit, which means. Our landlord yeah. looks at us as a loss constantly. Not as 11-year t- residents who have done nothing but keep right. t- take care of the place and never get any complaints or anything. No, we are a loss. All he looks at us is like if he if we leave. So anytime we request anything that like, a, like hey, our AC unit is out, they do everything in their power to make us feel unwelcomed here because oh, they want yeah. us to move so they could. Juice up the rent five hundred dollars to the next person, and that
0: is. Is he is he ever like? Have you ever thought of taking up skydiving and or motorcycling? (laughs) You know, just like hoping that you guys just die. Does this taste
1: funny to you? Yeah, when (laughs) when I showed up to the Cedar Sinai Cardiology Department, he was there talking to my heart doctor, (laughs) (laughs) and he says he wants to move me to the second floor, so I have to take the stairs every day. I I don't know what he's got planned for me.
0: Um, let's talk about what they're doing in Vienna. It is fucking incredible. Here are some stats, you guys. I don't like, okay. The mean household income in Vienna is 57,700 euros a year. Uh, We're about a one-to-one right now with euros, maybe something similar, a little less or something. Um, And uh, any person who makes under 70,000 euros qualifies for one of these Public units. Um, they're called Gamen gem, Debal. It's got
2: one of those great German names.
0: One of just, those great German names. That already that makes sounds... you
2: feel more efficient.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then once you're in, right, you never have to leave. It doesn't matter if you start earning more money. The government never looks at your salary again. And as a result, two thirds of the city's rental housing is covered by rent control two-thirds. Like, think about that. All the tenants um, have just caused eviction protections and the mixture of uh, the regulations, when coupled with adequate supply, supply is also a part of this, give renters um, stability that, o- that only Americans who own homes have, which is why in Vienna, 80% of households choose to rent. 80%.
2: Wow. That's insane.
0: Isn't that fucking... Insane. Um, now, again, like the key difference is that Vienna prioritized subsidizing construction, having this kind of housing available, whereas in the United States, we subsidize people to buy. Right. Um, and so that's kind of uh, where the difference lies. Do you think this like American ideal of home ownership is just too ground into to to shake it's because we've built it
1: as it's the only way to like build wealth is to own like yeah it like there's i feel i'm i i feel so out of the american loop by not being a home you know what i mean i'm one of a million of my peers that currently does not own a home even though they are 20 years older than their parents when they bought a home yeah and and there's not even like answers like move to the suburbs like you can move an outsider outside of l a and I still can't necessarily afford it um and it feels like it feels like home ownership has become such a goal and like and the fact that when you think back on it that the everyone was pushing home ownership makes me feel like there's something nefarious in the background, like the idea like there's just something about the fact that it was the American dream and it's no longer achievable, and no one's talking about that it feels like Everyone's just like, just buy my. I remember my mom saying, "Like, you're just throwing all that money away on rent. You gotta buy a place." And I'm like, <laughs> "It's not like that, mom." And as she was saying that when I was 25. Cut to 16 years later, I've so su- I've given millions of dollars. I think at this point, like, <laughs> right. averaging say two two k a month for fucking 15 years. That's a shit ton of money. I've just subsidized other people's investments for my entire life, and just so I could have a place yeah. to live. It just it's it's in it's in like eternally frustrating. It feels
0: eternally frustrating.
1: It feels like a hedonic treadmill. Like uh, I I can't get off. Like I there's not like there's no way for me to get off. I need like a windfall. I need I need to win the lottery to achieve the American (laughs) dream that my dad got on a one income union salary in the fucking eighties. And
0: and can I just say and this this applies to the three of us for sure. So I'm actually trying to achieve this part of the American dream right now. And uh, and we're trying to like buy something. But here's the thing about the mor- the way mortgages work is even if you're like, hey, here I am with my pretty decent fucking salary, it is a freelance income. And they oh. do not like freelancer. Yeah. I might as well just be a bag of dirt applying for a mortgage. They, that's how much they faith they have in my ability to keep this income going if it's not from a company that gives you a W-2. So, like, it's not built for the gig economy, the freelance economy at all, even though more and more and more and more and more people are in that economy. So it just, like, doesn't make sense. Yeah, and fuck them because... People are
1: getting fired from staff jobs. Like, there are layoffs like quarterly at every major corporation. So, even yeah. like a corporate job with a bunch of W 2s doesn't necessarily get back in the day. Yeah. Uh, if you had a job at a corporation, you could assume you could maybe work there till retirement. That is not even the case anymore. But like, that's also, I mean, I mean, it's
2: it sort of, it, it does sort of spiral up and it like, it does go all the way to the top, man. Because,
1: like, <laughs> it, but... Yes. I was hoping we'd get to this
2: phrase. Let's go, <laughs> we'll go. baby. Well, because everything you're talking about, the you know the notion that like let's say tech companies are laying off seven thousand people because they're anticipating a five percent drop in re- revenue, and therefore they can't like get money from the banks because they're all uh, they're already fucking over-leveraged. So then the bank turns that around and increases mortgage rates on people who have just been fired by one of those fucking tech companies. <laughs> so it's like everybody is on everybody is living on credit, and the and the, the the notion of a mortgage how many people do you know have paid off their mortgage because again mortgage is just sort of like a more high stakes rent where it's like like at the end of the day we still own your fucking house and we we get to foreclose on at any moment so like yeah. this, this notion of you achieving the american dream is like no you someone else you're borrowing the american dream yeah
1: not right. to mention before you even get into mortgages you got to have like Six figures liquid to just fucking <laughs> get them just to get the meeting.
0: Like right, who, right. right.
1: Who, who the fuck has that in a world where medical debt and credit card debt and uh, three years, uh, two years of a pandemic and like shrinking job market? Who's who's got 20 percent of a down uh, for a down payment sitting in their account? And if you do, I don't think at this point in society you're going to take it out. You're gonna hold on to it because you're like, <laughs> the world could end in fucking six months. I, I need I need my meager 75 grand. I can't just dump it into a fucking uh, suburban uh, Cape Codder.
0: but and it part of the you know, there's so many different policy solutions and one of the great things about this article talked about a, a a delegation of people from New York going to Vienna to like be to be like, how did you guys do this? Why did you how, how, how? Part of the thing is these apartments, at least the ones in the article, look gorgeous. Okay, that's the annoying thing. There are indoor pools. There are Outdoor pools, right? There are like actual services and stuff that are happening on the grounds of these buildings. I
2: picture them all looking like Sigmund Freud's office, like every <laughs> single one. The one Viennese person that's I it. know, yeah, 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 yeah. B- complete good, with Sigmund Freud. Good reference. That's full, good reference.
1: <laughs> full of pipes and peckers.
0: <laughs> hey, sometimes
2: a pecker is just a pecker. Whoops, <laughs>
1: that's gotten me thrown out of a few clubs.
0: <laughs> but, but, like, the thing is, so he, the. And the, the other thing about the way that the the Viennese have done it is that they've set the um, rent to 3.5% of the average semi-skilled workers' income.
2: That's crazy.
0: Which Whoa. is fucking crazy. So, so they, they start out the piece talking about these people and how they spend their money and how they spend their time. And the article asks this question. Imagine having to think about your rent, basically to the same degree that you think about your restaurant choices or your streaming service subscriptions <laughs> because that's what 3.5% of income looks like god so damn so it would completely change i think how you spend your time your how much leisure you allow yourself because mm-hmm. i know as 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 an american i off, i allow myself very little leisure Oh yeah, because I'm on this treadmill and it's never treadmill. What's the other phrase? The that thing with the the hamsters are on the hamster, hamster wheel. Oh, oh, hamster wheel. <laughs> yeah. I'm on so, a treadmill that's inside of a hamster wheel. Right. And I can Fuck and I man. and and I have this feeling like there's no I, leisure is the first thing that gets Anything that involves like. Me calming down for five seconds is what gets cut first.
1: Or Um, you could be like me and monetize all of your hobbies via the fucking influencer (laughs) market and the entertainment world so that nothing is not work anymore. Uh, everything i do is ostensibly work Uh, cannabis watching movies i've monetized everything in my life just to be (laughs) able to do uh, and not to a degree in which i can afford a dishwasher nor a house but into which a way where i could say well thank god uh, it's okay for me to smoke this joint because i got it for free due to an exchange of plugging them on my social media everything's got to be fucking work for me to do it and that's that's like if I want to travel it's got to be like I hope I could get a road gig in New York and then I could see my mom. Like that's right. like right. like I can't afford <laughs> I can't afford a flight. I'm on television. I can't just casually afford a flight. Like it's yeah. fucking crazy yeah. out no, there. No, it's, so cra-
0: it's, so cra- it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's so crazy cuz I have even literally said to the mortgage people like Google me. Google me. And then maybe you'll have a different opinion. Uh, like, and it does not, it does not matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Getting um, dragged
1: out of a real estate office while screaming Google me is kind of a fucking great way
0: to go. <laughs> for the me! record, for the record, I have not said it. I have too much self-respect to have and actually then, said that, but I wanted to say And then it. just
2: the Citibank logo underneath. We're a different kind of bank. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, here's my last question on this. Um you know, the government um, intervenes heavily in the housing market already, right? It's not like it doesn't. Yeah. Um, it There's generous support for affluent homeowners and insufficient support for low-income households. Like, that's just the way it's designed. We spend $155 billion dollars on tax breaks to homeowners and investors it's not like the government doesn't spend money and we spend 50 billion on affordable housing which is a which is a drop in the bucket compared to like what we need or what we could do to look more like vienna um I've, the good news is there's actually stuff that already happens that looks like this. There's a lot of weird structures in New York City. I live in the Lower East Side, and it's it's got this kind of crazy mixed income um, setup because we do have rent control. We do have these this things called this mitchell Lama housing. We do have these things called HDFCs that are these these cooperative units, um, and they can be replicated on a larger scale. What we don't have is the supply Mm. there's just not enough of it. And but I do I want to say as someone who does live around some of those buildings, it's great. So if there's like a not in my backyard issue about all of this, like let there not be. As someone who lives among the, like around housing that fits that description that is the Vienna model, um it just leads to stability. And that is what leads to like the rising tide that lifts all boats, you know. Yeah. If you don't have to worry about getting kicked out, if you're not worried about paying the rent, if you can calmly live in your home and then focus your attentions elsewhere on your future, on your children, that leads to stability.
2: What did you say the percentage of their income it was 3. It's 3.6, 3.
0: Point- I think.
2: Can you imagine how much of a piece of shit your friends would think you are in Vienna if you couldn't if you were working but you couldn't make
1: rent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, a- <coughs> those are the people that need to hear: uh, make your own coffee at home, or uh, s- uh, mash your own avocados at home. The people, right, like, right. it's from you know, like when it's forty five percent of your income, it, it's not the same thing to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make cold brew at home and then I'll be able to afford rent. But when right. it's three point six percent, that's the kind of shit where you go like, okay, I got, I can't drink tonight. I got, it's the last yeah. day of the month. <laughs> I got to pay rent tomorrow. You you'd- You don't need to order 11 pies, Horst. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. alright folks I I, I I urge you to check out this piece it was really incredible it's a really like hopeful look at a place that's doing it right where people seem to be happy and by the way oh last thing I want to say about fucking Vienna is I won't stop talking about Vienna for the rest of my life Um, is that you know people also love to say stuff like when I, when I compare stuff in the United States to stuff that's happening in a European city they'll be like well they don't have the same level of it. diversity they don't have the same level of this that Vienna has more foreign-born residents than New York. <laughs> okay, F- Vienna has more foreign-born residents than New York. So there it is. It is a. V- it, there are similar situations. We can compare them. We can dare to dream. <laughs> All right, folks. Let me know what you think. That is the end of the show. Oh my God, the two of you are so phenomenal. I knew you would be. See, that's the thing. And what I would really love is for people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Where do they do that, Gabrus?
1: You can follow me. I'm at Gabrus on all social medias. My podcasts are High and Mighty, which is a free podcast, Action Boys, which is a Patreon podcast. But um, we talk about action movies for longer than the runtimes of the movies. It is not for everyone, <laughs> but maybe it's for you. And then this might be for me. Yeah, and also <laughs> 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Now on. Max Max
0: Right it's, uh, uh, Is now. it officially kn- Max? I think it's now? officially
1: Max As of last night The app I had to download The new app In order to watch Cruising
0: I have to Change uh, My uh, Bio That says uh, Nikki and Farsad Starring in Bird Girl On HBO Max Oh my god How embarrassing It's no longer HBO Max <laughs> um, Adam Where do the people find you?
2: Uh, I'm just Find me on Instagram At ATP Burke.
0: ATP First of all Adam is so funny and he posts so much of his stand up. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, so God. definitely follow him on Instagram to get a flavor. And then when he's in your town, you should just go see him. As you can do in Bohemia on Friday in upstate New York, he will be performing at Maguire's.
2: Thank you very much. That was great.
0: Um folks, there's so many podcast I mean, I I want to become a Patreon subscriber to watch to listen to the action pod. Uh, that sounds so much fun. Um, but also it's not shocking at all that you can talk about a movie longer than the runtime of the movie. Like I, this is what I'm finding about my own life. It's like, I will talk endlessly and endlessly about um, something I've consumed uh, forever and I will drive <laughs> everyone crazy. And that's the other aspect of it. Um, but folks, you know where to find me in all things that I do. Um, don't forget to... Leave us Apple uh, reviews um, on um, Apple Podcasts. And uh, you can also review, leave reviews wherever you do your podcasting. Um, but we love reviews. It helps people find the show. And also, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Farsad to support the show. And then also, I want to thank everybody that makes the show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic theme music was written by Gabby Alter. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making the show a possibility. And if you have any ideas, um, you can go to fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. And um, we are doing succession pods uh, all the way through the series finale on Monday. Um, you will get a new episode of the succession recap pod, and then we will be doing other recaps. So stay tuned for uh, major announcements on what those recaps will be. But if you have any ideas, please email them to fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and otherwise, we will be back in your earballs next week.